My entitled sister-in-law tries to take over my son's birthday for her gender reveal party. She even goes as far as to lie to everyone in the family, claiming that I was canceling my son's birthday party so that she could use that time spot instead. And I've never been more angry with anybody in my life. Here's what happened. So my husband and I have two children. They're both boys and they're ages 11 and 14. My husband's youngest sister now has three children. There's a 7-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 3-year-old. Now, the year my youngest son was turning four, he asked for a birthday party. He was not yet in school, so he did not know anyone but family, and there were no children other than his brother that were able to attend. Luckily, his favorite people in the world are his grandparents on his dad's side. Grandma is like a big kid. She's super fun and energetic. She acts like a kid herself, and my boys absolutely adore her. I knew they were very busy, so I asked them for several months in advance if they could attend his birthday party. The party was to be on his birthday, and this is going to be important later. Being the wonderful grandparents that they are, they agreed and requested that time off from their jobs. We also invited all close-by family, including my sister-in-law, who is the entitled mother of this story. Months go by, and it's now about a week and a half before my son's big day. I've bought the decorations, I've planned the menu, and I've pumped him up. I even like to sing the final countdown song as I prepare breakfast in the morning. One afternoon, I receive a call from my sister-in-law who is about to find out the gender of her baby and so she wants to plan a gender reveal party but she's called her friends and family and discovered that most work and wouldn't be able to attend without several weeks notice from their jobs. The only day everyone just so happens to be off is my son's birthday. She says to me, would you be willing to move your son's birthday party to another day so I can have my gender reveal party in its place? Now at this point it may bear mentioning that she already has three baby showers planned and has asked me to make the food out of pocket for one of the showers. Most people being asked to attend her gender reveal party were already attending multiple showers for her. Now, I am pretty friendly and I'm pretty passive, but this caught me completely off guard. I tried to gently tell her that my son was looking forward to this and we've had it planned for several months, which is why everyone planned for the day off for work. She feigned sympathy, but still urged me to please move my son's birthday party to a time that everyone could attend later and to just let her have this open date for her party for her first baby since I've already had two. She then says that my youngest son loves babies and he would love to go to a party with her too. She goes on to say he could still come to my party and see everyone that he loves and then he can do it again when everyone can request time off. Now when she said this I didn't have time mentally to gather a response as she just kind of steamrolled over me. So I said to her okay, if they want to go, I won't make them come to my son's birthday party. But I definitely can't go to yours. We have plans. When she did all this, I was angry. She had pulled this kind of thing with other people before. I have tons of stories in that regard. But she had always really loved my boys and never tried this with me before ever. And if she had, she hadn't done it to this extreme. I didn't know how to react other than to vent to my husband, who, lo and behold, wasn't very surprised at all and said not to worry about it and that their dad would set her straight. And funny enough, I was talking to my husband when I saw my father-in-law calling my phone. I answered the phone and he said that my sister-in-law had told him that I had no problem with her taking over my son's birthday. And I had insisted that she have a party and everyone go to that one instead of my son's birthday party. He said if this was true, that he would attend her party. But he would much rather go to the party of my son's. He had already gotten presents and they were really 
really excited about celebrating a kid that's already here on his big day. When I heard this, I very happily told him that I was never going to cancel his birthday or make him sit through someone else's party on his big day. I mean, he's four years old and I've been counting down for him every morning. What kind of monster would I be if I said, no, we're not going to have a party anymore? I said that I had told my sister-in-law that people could go to that party if they preferred it, but I would not be attending. My father-in-law then says that sounds about right and ended up telling her that he was going to my son's party since he requested time off for specifically that. And if she wants another party on another day, she would need to give him notice. As a result, she ended up canceling her party and then decided to talk about me behind my back for several years to follow. That sister-in-law is out of her mind if she seriously thought she was going to take that kid's party away. Like that kid is four years old. And if there's anything I've learned in my life, it's that four-year-olds cannot be negotiated with. They will not take no for an answer. And if you tell them you're doing something, you better go ahead and do it. So taking this kid's birthday party away from him just so this entitled sister-in-law can use it for their dumb kid would have been catastrophic. The possible meltdown that could have happened would have been horrible. So good for you for telling the truth as well as not caving into your sister-in-law's stupid demands. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. An entitled customer gets furious with me after I don't hang up the phone just to help him right away. And as a result, he storms out of the store and leaves us a horrible online review. Here's what happened. So it was a slow work day. My job is basically a cashier. I greet customers, I answer the phones, and I answer questions. And of course, I'm involved with checkout. Before our entitled Kevin of this story so dramatically enters the scene, the phone ends up ringing. I don't have a line of customers at my register, and everyone shopping in the store is still shopping. So I answer the phone and see who it is. Most phone calls are pretty easy, but others are just chatterboxes. And most of our clientele is on the older side, so they aren't exactly speedy talkers either. This one was one of the older chatterboxes type, and I was answering her questions and listening to her go on and on about something or another that had nothing to do with the reasons for her call. And at that moment, a wild Kevin appears. Kevin is carrying maybe 8 to 10 $1 paintbrushes and a few cheap baubles. He just stands there, quite a distance away from the registers, and I gesture to him which register I'm on. But he responds by saying, no, I have a question. He projects from where he's standing, and I gesture for him to come over and to ask me. And I did this in a friendly manner. I didn't do it aggressively. But he just stands there. All this while, the lady on the phone is seemingly wrapping up her conversation and about to hang up. The entitled Kevin literally tells me to put her on hold, as he wasn't here before I answer the call. So I stuck with my practice of first come, first serve. And so with that in mind, I again gestured him over to the register. He waited maybe a minute and a half. The time for the phone call counted the seconds for me, and eventually he just dumped what he was carrying into a bucket in front of my register and walked off in a huff. And literally not even two seconds after he huffed and puffed, the call ended, which is really no big surprise there. So I went to pick up his things, being oblivious, thinking that he had just left his wallet in his car or something like that, and I put them on the side to hold just in case he came back. After 10 minutes, I realized he's not coming back. I figured he would just be one of those can't please everyone kind of folks and put his cheap baubles back where they belonged. I ended up telling my manager about it and he agreed that the dude was being a child about the whole thing. My manager has seen me answer phone calls and check people out at the same time before. Whether it's slow or I'm the only cashier on duty and I'm jam-packed with the line, my manager trusts that I know what I'm doing. Otherwise, he wouldn't have me working there in the first place. I know our priorities are customers first, the physical ones, and then those on the phone. But this event just so happened to be 
the other way around. And it's not that unusual for folks to just come up and put items on the checkout. Most people are pretty understanding of what's going on. In fact, I've had people praise me for handling difficult phone calls as well as helping people out in the checkout line. Fast forward and I was checking the online reviews for my job and out of curiosity, I saw this review from our dear old entitled Kevin. Too polite to move from where he was standing to check out, but not polite enough to not yell just hang up on them or leave a one-star review. He said, I spent five minutes with items in my hand at the checkout while the cashier was on the phone checking inventory for an item in other stores. I asked the cashier to ask the person on the phone to hold, but she ignored me and proceeded to explain various store policies about buying stuff on the phone. And after a few minutes, I just gave up and left. Apparently, the cashier hasn't even been properly trained and they clearly just don't know what they're doing. Now, I don't know about you, but it sounds like he spent five minutes with voice to text in his car after all of that happened. Now, if he had to wait those extra spare minutes, he could have gotten one of our store's lovely plastic shopping bags with a number for corporate on the bag. He could have called and complained to them about the issue instead of leaving a scathing one-star review on the internet where I, an equally petty and less outspoken person, can so eloquently copy and paste it and send it to all my fellow customer service members across the rest of the internet on Reddit and let everyone know how stupid this guy is. No matter how well you were trained at work, brought up at home, taught in school, no matter how hard you try in life to do and be good, there will always be someone unsatisfied with your efforts. Just know you can't please them all. Do your best, be happy, and move on. But if they post about it, then so can you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Yeah, that guy was being really obnoxious. He literally just had to wait and he would have been helped right then and there. There was no reason to literally just throw your stuff on the cash register and then storm out just to give a fake review. Like, come on, get a life. But I totally agree with what the original poster said. Some people are literally just unhappy and regardless of how nice you are to them, they will always find some kind of reason just to hate you. My girlfriend says that I'm a terrible human being since I can't pay her back right away for the $75 that I borrowed from her. And now 
now she has blocked me completely on everything and is refusing to contact me unless I pay her back as soon as possible. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. So my girlfriend and I got into a bit of an argument yesterday and I still haven't paid her back. And to keep a long story short, I owe my girlfriend $75. Considering I live almost paycheck to paycheck, it was really nice of her to look out for me. But she kind of just bought me these things and then just told me that I owed her money. I told her I'd pay her back last weekend when I got paid, but I ended up having to drop $1,400 on fixes for my car. If I didn't do this, I wouldn't be able to get to work. I told her that I would be able to pay her back once I had money after my car was taken care of. This ended up getting split between last weekend and this weekend. $700 last week and $700 this week. Given that I make $800 a week, I have been under immense stress, worried about having money to even survive, as well as worrying about how I'm going to pay for rent and my credit card with this expense. The first week she was understanding. However, this week she wasn't. She asked me to pay her back and I told her that I couldn't do it. I had to drop money on my car again and I explained to her again I would pay her back when I could. Well, she didn't really give me much wiggle room to work with because she started steamrolling me. She said, I've been waiting since last week, you absolute jerk. Don't talk to me until you sent me the money. I'll be blocking your number until then. I literally told you I'm having panic attacks about not having money and I'm crying because you don't care about my money or yours. You are a terrible person. I was then blocked without being able to give a response. Part of me is saying, well, just block her back. Tell her to get a job if she doesn't want to stress about money because at the end of the day, I need to put myself first. I honestly feel so used for money. I know I owe her this money, but I haven't had any to give. I used to send her money for things that she needed or wanted since I had this type of disposable income. But with the amount of expenses I've had to drop just over the past couple of months, all of my savings has gotten eaten up and I am unable to save more than $50 a week. Am I a terrible person or am I being treated as a personal ATM? What should I do? Your girlfriend is being unreasonable in my opinion. She seriously expects you to find $75 out of nowhere in one week? Like, come on. That is completely unfair. And she's gotta know you're trying to repair your car, right? Like, she can actively see that, yeah, you don't have a car at your house and also you're trying to make this work and you're just as stressed out. Like, this is not okay in the slightest. You've helped her pay off so many things in the past, but the one time, the absolute one time that you even owe her money, she suddenly acts like this is the end of the world and she is going to have some kind of meltdown or panic attack, which I honestly don't believe in the slightest. I think she's only saying that just to try and get under your skin and make you feel bad. So in my opinion, you're not a bad person. You're clearly trying to make things work and if your freeloading girlfriend can't understand where you're coming from, then that's on her, not you. My boss demands that I call him after every customer transaction. So I maliciously comply and as a result, the business starts to go downhill, forcing the owner of the store to retire and eventually sell off his store to someone else. Here's what happened. So to start things out, I'm pretty sure that if I asked a show of hands of how many people had that one manager or boss that was the absolute worst at micromanaging, probably like 80 to 85% of you would raise your hand. Well, this is definitely one of those stories. Anyways, a few years back, I used to work retail at a brick and mortar shop that was owned by a guy that, well, let's just say that if we left him alone, the place would fall apart within minutes. There was myself, two other associates, and two assistant managers. The owner had no clue how our inventory system worked, let alone our point of sale system, but absolutely insisted that he knew everything about the place inside and out, and even would make veiled threats at you with unemployment whenever things didn't go his way. One day, I called his bluff and I walked out. Not even 30 minutes later, while I was sitting in a nearby park, did he call me back. 
back, begging for me to come back and get to work. Now this know-it-all owner was so convinced of his hype that he insisted and demanded that we call him after every customer transaction, go over what was said so he could tell us that we were wrong even after selling and setting up a delivery account. Mind you, this is in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, where it's busy for roughly five out of the eight hours during any given shift. So I said, you know what? I will happily maliciously comply and definitely get on his nerves. Despite a line of customers at my register, I had to stop things, pick up the phone, and make the call. All the while, my line of customers in what would be the typical New York levels of patience would drop their stuff and just straight up walk out. The ones that stuck around waited up to 10 minutes, and this would happen after every phone call. It got so bad at one point, one of my regulars, whom everyone knows to at least the second degree, grabbed the receiver and proceeded to lay into the owner about how he's losing business because of his stupid policies. The owner dug in his heels though, bless his heart, and insisted that things be done his way. Alright, we can do that. I tried to keep the conversations receiver only, but now it's been upgraded to the speakerphone. Now everyone in the store, and I do mean everyone, can hear how much of a colossal idiot this guy is. Business that once had $5,000 a day in the store dropped just north of 1000 bucks a day, and our sales with deliveries dropped to about half the amount it usually was. With the online reviews of his place being the most hilarious ones I've ever read in my career in retail, the owner was forced to give up his stupid policy and eventually announcing his retirement a few months later. He ended up selling his store to the assistant manager. And to this day, this is still something that we joke about. Having a manager who is a micromanager is honestly the worst. It is so frustrating. You just want to try and do your work without having somebody breathe down your neck and basically force you to do stuff that's just really dumb. And the example in this story is the worst. I would be so frustrated by that. Every single sale, like seriously, I've got to call after every single purchase. I mean, how did this guy not see that that was a colossal waste of time? Literally, nobody gains anything by this and he just wanted to be in control of everything going on. Like, if he wanted to see how the transactions were going, I don't know, maybe show up to work for once. I always hated it when I had a manager who tried to run their business from the privacy of their home couch. Like, they're just an armchair manager. They don't do anything. They're at home taking a nap or doing something else and they claim they're available just a phone call away. But in reality, they're just off doing other stuff. And this guy's no different. If he wanted to know how his business was running, the least he could do is roll up his sleeves and get to work. Because calling after every single transaction all day for eight hours would seriously make me quit. And there's no way I would ever want to put up with that. My boyfriend owes me about $4,000 that I loaned to him, but claims that he shouldn't have to pay me anything back. And instead, the money I loaned him is in fact an investment that we should be celebrating instead of something that he should pay back. And at this point, I'm so frustrated and I'm actually considering breaking up with him over this. Here's what happened. So we are in our mid-20s and we have been dating for a year and a half. Before I met him, I lived extremely frugally and I built up a savings of about $20,000. Now I have about $4,000 of it left. I don't want to cast the blame on him. I made poor financial decisions in this relationship and in the span of our relationship, I was laid off from two jobs and I didn't say no to eating out and having other purchases. I am working a low-wage job and I live in one of the most expensive cities in the world. I moved to his city within a few months of dating and we got a place together. He quit his job so I had to cover the first two months of rent as well as the security deposit which we did not get back and this is all the way up until he found work. A year later we moved to a new city for his career aspirations and again I had to cover the first two months of rent and the security deposit until he found a job. In total he owes me roughly $4,000 
$1,000 in rent. I thought I was loaning him the money until he got steady enough to pay me back, and every now and then, we'll get into an argument about it. Last night, I once again brought up my concerns about my finances, as well as my low savings that have been depleted. One of the key solutions is for me to get a more higher-paying job, which I'm actively looking for. But in the meantime, I told him that I'm no longer living above my means. I need to go back to my frugal lifestyle, which he disagrees with. He doesn't want to scrap and save now because he believes that in a few years, we'll be in a much better financial situation once our careers take off. I brought up the money that I loaned him and I asked him if he would sign a repayment agreement. He flipped out at the word loan. He was extremely offended and insisted that I wasn't loaning him money. I was investing in our relationship and just like an investment, I need to let it mature and grow. I can't expect to get it back all at once. And asking him to sign a contract meant that I didn't trust him or have any faith in our relationship. In addition, he's thinking about proposing soon and wants to join finances. So because we're in this together, he doesn't think that he technically owes me anything. I'm honestly in disbelief. And although I love him, I feel like we are not financially compatible. I assume that covering his rent was a loan and I would eventually get it back. Even more so, he said he can't make monthly payments to me because he has a few vacations planned with his friends. And while yes, he has been working hard and he does deserve these vacations, but honestly, I basically feel like I'm funding these trips that I'm just not invited to. I feel trapped. I make about $2,500 a month and we rent an apartment that's $2,100 a month. If we break up, there is no way I can afford this on my own. I can't get another roommate because it's a one bedroom and I have eight months on this lease. Should I stay for the next eight months because of our lease? Should I try to talk to the landlord about breaking the lease? Listen, I really love him and we have so many great memories together, but I think our financial and maturity levels are just too different and the longer I stay, the more resentment I'll build. What should I do? That last line kind of sold it for me. The longer I stay, the more resentment I'll build up. Like that's really not a good situation to be in. And honestly, I don't blame you for feeling this way. Your boyfriend said, hey, I'm going to pay you back. And then when it comes time to actually pay you back, he just completely ignores you and says, nah, I'm not going to do it. This was an investment. This wasn't a loan. Like, what are you talking about? Of course it was a loan. Your girlfriend literally paid for rent twice. They went out of their way to pay for all this stuff. And you're seriously not only going to act like it's just an investment, but you're also going to have the audacity to never pay her back. Like, no, that's not how this works. For context, both of them are in their 20s and I can completely understand where the original poster is coming from. Their boyfriend is not mature in the slightest when it comes to money. He doesn't have a good head on his shoulders and this might be a window into what you'll be dealing with throughout the rest of your relationship. So hopefully there's some kind of solution, whether it's breaking lease and moving into something cheaper or whatever else it might be for you to find some kind of stability. Because regardless of what your choice is, something has to be done because this is super inappropriate and your boyfriend absolutely should be paying you back. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.